This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The scouting combine is underway in Indianapolis as the top prospects across the college football landscape look for their opportunity to become NFL superstars. With that being said, one of the prospects at the top of most boards now has tremendous news that may change the entire course of the draft by tremendous. That's a wrong word. Let me just fix it. Huge news that will change the course of the entire draft. It's Georgia star Jalen Carter. Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. This is the breaking news, and I want to give everybody the facts as we have them now from the ESPN News Service. Former Georgia star Jalen Carter, who, again, one of the top prospects in next month's NFL draft, has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a teammate and a recruiting staff member. The Athens-Clark County, Georgia Police Department has issued an arrest warrant obtained Wednesday by the Associated Press, which alleges Carter was racing his 2021 Jeep Trackhawk against the 2021 Ford Expedition, driven by the recruiting staffer, 24-year-old Chandler LaCroix, which led to the January 15th wreck. The announcement came hours after the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported Carter was present at the scene of the crash and later providing shifting accounts of the wreck to police. Dean Willock was an offensive lineman for the Bulldogs, and LaCroix were killed in what police initially reported as a single vehicle accident. Carter in Indianapolis was expected to speak at the Combine. He did not today. Reckless driving and racing are both misdemeanors in Georgia. Carter's representatives told police that they were, quote, making arrangements for Carter to turn himself in. Uh, So at this point, that's as much as we know. He's been in contact with representatives. Uh, There is plenty of evidence on this, plenty of details you can check out on ESPN.com. At this point, details in the investigation cited evidence that Carter and LaCroix were operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. A toxicology report indicated that LaCroix's blood alcohol concentration was 0.197, more than twice the legal limit. Uh, So we do know that with her issue in this, but we do not know anything when it comes to uh, Jalen Carter. This is the statement from Kirby Smart, Georgia football coach. Quote, the charges announced today are deeply concerning, especially as we are still struggling to cope with the devastating loss of two beloved members of our community. We will continue to cooperate fully with the authorities while supporting these families and assessing what we can learn from this horrible tragedy. According to documents and recordings and 911 calls, at least two vehicles driven by Georgia football players have been at the scene, including the Jeep driven by Carter, who left the scene before police or emergency personnel arrived. About two hours later, he came back to the scene. That is as much information as we have. There's a ton out there on it. As we get more information, as we hear from Jalen Carter, we will let you know. But it's important for anyone that's following the draft to realize that not only did Jalen Carter not speak as a result of this, uh, everybody that was scheduled to speak in his group is no longer speaking. So uh, the NFL is basically quieting the podium for the day, and that's uh, so that, that limits any opportunity to hear from him. We will talk to Dan Graziano in about 30 minutes in Indianapolis to find out the latest. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. There is no way to transition from something like that to fun. 
but we do like to try and have fun here, and the Combine can provide us opportunities to do that. So we thought we'd get, have a little fun and get you updated on some of what the Combine is by playing you some of the best moments so far that we've heard from, from the Combine from some of the people involved. Harry, you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. We're going to start with one that I think you're going to have plenty to react to. Duke Tobin, Bengals GM, had a press conference and was asked about trading T. Higgins, wide receiver. This is what he said. I'm not in the business of making other teams better. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better. And so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my, my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. Oh, can I say this? Remember it wasn't too long ago where Brandon Bean was talking about, you know, we're not going to be we don't want to be in a position to go get a Jamar to be to get a Jamar chase. That means you're picking early in the draft and stuff like that. Remember that? Uh huh. Did it sound like the GM for the Cincinnati Bengals was kind of throwing a little shade there at the Buffalo Bills? I mean, he's throwing shade at everybody. You want a T Higgins, go get your own. Also reminding everybody to your point, they got T Higgins in the second round. Like this comes back Mm. to something you and I talked about a few weeks ago. The Bengals have been playing chess while the Ravens were playing checkers. The Ravens telling you they can't find any weapons. And, oh, it sure is hard if you have to pay your quarterback to give them weapons. And in the meantime, <laughs> Cincinnati's looking over and like, not for us. We just draft them and develop them. Where you at? And, and, and I love the fact that he said that about T. Higgins because T. Higgins has been consistent over 3,000 yards uh, since joining the Cincinnati Bengals, two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. But when Jamar Chase went down, he showed that, yes, he can be that guy and be him, right, and was able to hold the fort down while Jamar Chase was gone. And why would, why would they want to get rid of something that makes Joe Burrow phenomenal as well? Yeah. If these two guys have the relationship, and that's the thing, because, see, I went through this when I was in the receiver group with Roddy White and Julio Jones, Fitz. Like, those two guys' relationship was so dynamic and so great, they didn't care who got the shine. I feel like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, that's the kind of relationship that they have as well. Yeah, their offense is so dynamic with both of them. If they can keep them both, why would they not try to? All right, Joe Douglas, Jets GM. Well, you knew you were going to ask him about quarterbacks, right? So he let you know how the Jets feel about one Derek Carr. Obviously, you guys have seen reports about uh, us bringing Derek Carr in about a week and a half ago. Um, I can tell you that was a fantastic visit. Uh, We really enjoyed spending time with him. Um, Obviously, he's the the only quarterback that I can can really shed any light on for you guys uh, since he's the only quarterback that's that's a free agent, but uh, you know I can say that uh, he left a he left a strong impression with everybody, and so um, obviously we're going to be exploring the, the veteran quarterback market this off season, and we're going to look at every available option. We feel like when it's time to make the right decision, whenever they're processed, we're going to make the best decision for the Jets. Hmm. I mean, he no. he can't tell you anything about anybody else because of contracts. But what do you think, Harry? Yeah. Well, I would say this, and I'm going to remind everyone: Zach Wilson. Six touchdowns, seven interceptions, 54.5 completion percentage. Mike White, three touchdowns, four interceptions, 58.9 completion percentage. Joe Flacco, five touchdowns, three interceptions, 57.6 completion percentage. That's all I need to tell you about the Jets. Go get a damn quarterback and stop wasting time. And by the way, every day that you're not putting a ring on it with Derek Carr, somebody else might. You know, like that's that's part of this whole conversation because, you know, 
if you're the Washington Commanders, for example, uh, you don't really. I mean, Sam Howell apparently, according to uh, the team, is going to enter as QB one, but we'll have to compete for the job now. Look, I've got Sam Howell on my fantasy team in my dynasty league, so I wouldn't mind it if he got the uh, the job. Might help my fantasy football standings, but ain't nobody sitting here like you wouldn't be sitting here if you were coach, uh, like not just for this show, but for a team. You're not sitting here losing sleep because you got to take on Sam Howell this coming off season. Like if, I, if I'm Washington, I'm calling Derek Carr right now. Come on. Yeah, but I think when you look at the New York Jets, though, they're in an ideal situation. And would they love Aaron Rodgers? Yes. It's going to come with a lot of, you know, hurdles in order to get him. You have a guy, Derek Carr, that's sitting out there right now waiting to be had. So I'm just going to say I'm just going to say this now. All right. Don't don't clip this off, Devin. But, you know, producer Evan, big Jets fan, big Jets fan. We all know Greeny, huge Jets fan. They're both off today, so I could say this without any uh, and without any fear of consequence. <laughs> I can't wait for Derek Carr to sign somewhere else, Aaron Rodgers to either retire, or head back to Green Bay, and then the the Jets to realize that they're absolutely screwed at the quarterback position. It's oh, going to you know be what? fun. Maybe they'll go with Chris Streveler. Maybe he can be the starting quarterback. Maybe they can go with Streveler. Oh my God! <sighs> exactly. Ne- Chris Neveler. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Pete Carroll, Seahawks head coach, spoke in his press conference about the reports that Russell Wilson tried to have him fired. This could be saucy. Similar response that it's always been with with the guys that I've coached. That um, I'm always going to hang with them, and I'm never going to leave them, and I'm going to be there. At the end of all of the good stuff and all of the bad stuff, I'm going to still be there. I'd like to demonstrate that faith in the relationship and the depth of what we did together and hang through whatever the growth challenges bring to us along the way. So I'm good. That's oh, a non-answer. Pete, Come Pete, on. Pete took the high road, though. He took the high road, man. I he, mean. He, he chose to take the high road. Yeah, but also that's just so fake. Uh, you know what? I'm with you through thick and thin until I cut you or trade you because I don't need you anymore. Like, I, how am I the cynic and you're the former player? Like, you and I both know <laughs> that coach is like, man, I love you. I love you. I love you, but I'm the one that's got to tell you this. We're letting you go. But I still love you. Like, uh, I'm with you through thick and thin. Going to have to let you but, go. But I'll tell you this. Recently, I watched an uh, episode of I Am Athlete when Marshawn Lynch was on there. And also Lindell White, who played for Pete Carroll at USC. And they were talking about that, like answers like that that Pete Carroll give. Like that that's just him. Oh, hey, oh, whoa, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey, today's gonna be good. Hey. Yeah, you know what? Give me more of this then. It's a very uh there's a finality to the decision. I'm just bringing I'm just bringing <laughs> down, I'm bringing a little Aaron Rodgers pacing down. All right, so for all of that and for all of the speaking, there was one thing yesterday. There was one thing said at the scouting combine that absolutely cements what's going to happen next for a playoff contender. We'll tell you what it is next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. There was one thing that happened at the scouting combine yesterday that makes something very clear for a playoff team. But, Harry, before we get to any of that, this just happened. I'm going to have to take us completely off the rails. we got a little story time to go. Sit down and listen. This is Storytime with Fitz and Harry. All right, HD, you know it's Wednesday. What, what is Wednesday around here? Stress for success. success Wednesday. Right. And, you know, if you're watching this in the ESPN app, I, you know, I went particularly 
more conservative than usual for me. It's a white shirt with a, a nice tie, uh, very po- political. Like I look like I'm, I'm running for like mayor. Like a damn prosecutor. Like you about to go get somebody locked up. Thank you so much. That's uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I was shooting for. I I was gonna wear a pattern shirt with a pattern tie. I was gonna go a little bit freaky with it, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just. It felt like a white shirt sort of day. And I made the joke as I came in that I felt like a sports center anchor when I came in. I feel like I look good, right? So I'm walking to get my coffee during the last break, and there's these mirrors, like the, the sort of the mirrored glass on the studios. So as you're walking by, you sort of you see a reflection, and usually when somebody's walking by with a purpose in a suit, I move off to the side because that means that they're probably doing something important like Sports Center, and I need to get out of the way. I'm just lollygagging down to the calf to get my coffee, right? Like, no big deal. So mm-hmm. I walk by one of the little studios. I see, you know, in the I see the reflection in my peripheral vision. I see suit guy walking with a purpose. I pull off to the side to let him walk by, only to realize... That was me. I saw my own reflection. I pulled off to the side. And then I was like, son of a biscuit, I'm an idiot. Luckily, like the the whoever the sweet lady was that was walking behind me just thought I was weird and then passed me. But yeah, I I, I thought that the guy walking with the purpose in the suit that was actually my reflection was the sports center anchor. That's how you know that I've gotten outside of my comfort zone in, in dress for success Wednesday with the full suit. You want to know the beauty of that though? Mm-hmm. I I would say in about in about two months, Fitz. Might not even take that long. It's gonna get to the point to where you're gonna be so accustomed to 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 being in those suits that you're gonna go get your coffee, and you're gonna expect others to move out of the way so you can hurry up and get your coffee. Oh yeah. Well, and and the sweet person at the Starbucks desk when I walked up, she looked up and she's like, "Wow." I mean, that's all she said was, "Wow." So you know, I, I think uh, I think everybody people are noticing around here. Wednesdays is getting a Devin. I have a question. Okay. So let's say you're wearing a suit on a Wednesday. Uh-huh. Let's say you're going, you know, walking through the halls, and you see Kevin Nagandi, who's also wearing a suit. Who moves for who? You're, you're both wearing suits? Uh, Nagandi's on the six, so I move for okay. Nagandi. That's the right if answer. If Streisky's waiting for the elevator, for any of you that watch SportsCenter on the weekends, Gary Streisky is the co-host of SportsCenter on the weekends. And uh, it, there's a tradition now. He's on – He's to go up one floor, he comes to radio – and he waits for the elevator to go up one floor <laughs> and then take the covered walkway. And I may or may not have pointed out to him one day in a text that he's taking the elevator to go up one floor and reminded him that, you know, maybe he could come to the gym with me sometime. And instead, you know what he does the next day? He sends a video. He tweets me in a video and says, where you at? As he waits for the elevator doors to shut. I sent him my workout recap that day, by the oh, way, wow. just to let Gary know. But. Yeah, you know what? That, so I don't move for Gary Streisky. I'll move for Kevin Nagandi. I'm not moving for Gary Streisky. I'm for- not moving for anybody. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just keeping it real. No, that, that's fair. You know, I've, been wearing, I've been wearing these suits for a long time now. Well, I, you know, it's 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 process process for me, but I'm not going to lie. I feel like I could just, like, walk in, sit at the desk, and nobody would ask a question today. Like, usually if I sat at the sports center desk, people would be like, I don't know how I feel about this. But today, I've got the right look. Uh, by the way, Mark's sitting in on the fo- in the uh, show for the first time. First dress for success, and you brought it, my friend. I mean, just it, it is a quality look for you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I actually had to go home last weekend to grab my uh, dress for success attire. Look at that. Let's see? see, that's called commitment. See, that, we can't even get also, Evan. Evan's fifty-fifty on whether he whether he does this or not. But see, and, but see I, I love it though because what we have created on 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 Fitz and Harry Dress for Success Wednesday. We, we set a standard, though, Fitz, and everybody understands the standard. And, it, and it's not one individual being above anybody else. It's just all of us understanding what it's supposed to be. 
and how it's supposed to be. Well, and we're all walking a little taller. We're all uh, we're all feeling a little baller. There's like it's working yeah. for us. It's working. It's also working for the Giants right now. The Giants are trying to get a deal done with Daniel Jones. Getting done brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right products for you. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Speaking of the Giants. Joe Shane, the Giants GM, made it clear what their intent is in this offseason when he spoke yesterday at the Combine. Again, you have to go through you know hard times before you come out the other end and on better times with negotiations. So you know, obviously we'd like to have them both back. They know how we feel about both of them. And you know, again, we're we're still working through it. If it gets out of hand and it's 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 out of our comfort zone, you know, we have the tag. We have we can only tag one player. We'll use that. And if somebody's got to walk, then it's un- unfortunate, but that's a part of the business and we're still building a team. I think there's a lot of honesty there. You know, Harry, when you think about what he just said, he points to the fact that negotiations can be long and painful, which tells you that both of these negotiations are agonizing. He tells you that their their preference would be to have both of them back, which also makes sense. But he sends a very clear message to both of them where if the number gets to where we don't want it to be, we will franchise somebody. We can only franchise one, but if we have to, we will. As long as both of these negotiations are open, I think the Giants have sent a very clear message to both Saquon and Daniel Jones. We understand what we're willing to pay, and we understand our power in these negotiations. And what's the franchise tag number for quarterbacks? Uh, 40... 32.9 million. 32.9 for, non-ex- so, for non-exclusive, correct? correct? Yeah. For exclusive, yeah. it goes up to 42, yes. I think. Yes. I think they're... Like, there's more of a chance of franchising, you know, Daniel Jones in those regards because he is the quarterback position. There is a drought on quarterbacks. Now, in saying that, you know, there was a little birdie saying that potentially Daniel Jones is asking for $45 million a year. Mm -hmm. Do I think he should get that? And I hate to say it like this because I'm a formal player and I'm all for players getting their money. I don't – that's not reasonable in my eyes. It's just not because Daniel Jones struggled all the way up until last year. And when Brian Dable and Kafka, those guys got there, and Saquon Barkley in that run game was very, very, you know, a major part of what they wanted to do from an offensive standpoint, it allowed Daniel Jones to be better as a quarterback. Also, I felt like, you know, Brian Dable and company protected Daniel Jones from himself as well. Didn't put him in situations that previous regimes did. And the result of that was a playoff berth and being in a different light from an organization and the New York Giants standpoint. I agree with most of what you're saying, but I also live by the motto, better to be lucky than good. And you need to be good when you get lucky if you want to make the most of opportunity. I, 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 do, I do believe that. Daniel Jones may not be great, but he certainly got lucky that he had the best year of his career in the year where it mattered the most. So now you're coming to the table when they could have invested in you at any point while they when they wanted to. They could have. They didn't. You come to the table. You now have the power. You may never in your career have power in a negotiation again like you have right now. And we're in a league that, frankly, doesn't give a damn about you as they show constantly all the time to players when they cut them, when they undervalue them, when they turn around one day and say, eh, you're not part of our plan anymore. If I'm Daniel Jones, I hear everything you're saying. But I also know enough athletes, you included, like you believe, you, if, if uh, I used to always say as a musician, if you told me that I had to play the violin for my dinner, I was going to eat just fine. I got to believe in myself. Athletes believe in themselves. Daniel Jones should, in my mind, believe in himself and believe in his worth. And if those two things are happening at the same time, where he happens to have the leverage, 
I don't know. I think this gets really interesting. We'll, we'll break it down. Uh, should these athletes consider the future of their teams and what it would mean to continue to play together? We'll break that down a little later in this show. But we got to get to our next guest. He's at the Combine right now with the breaking news from Jalen Carter today. With all of the conversation that's happening in Indianapolis, we will get the latest from the ground in Indy, in Indy next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Police have secured arrest warrants for former Georgia star Jalen Carter, stemming from the top NFL draft prospect's alleged involvement in a fatal crash involving a teammate. Details of the investigation cited evidence Carter and LaCroix were operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly before the crash. Everyone that knew this went down had to know that this was going to come to the forefront at some point. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, we do have, you just heard the latest from Christine Lisi uh, during SportsCenter uh, about Jalen Carter. We have a statement now that has come through, uh, this according to Jalen Carter's official Twitter account. So uh, this is on his blue check marked Twitter account where he has written the following statement. It says, and I'll read every word. This morning, I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15th, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known, that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, that's the statement directly from Jalen Carter. Now let's go direct to Indianapolis where our buddy ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano joins us. Graz, always appreciate the time, man. Uh, Harry and I were on air filling in for Greeny, and it shocked us. We had no idea this was coming down the pipeline. You're in Indy. What was the reaction like there when the Carter news broke? You know, it's funny because it, it broke this morning, and it was, it was shortly before he was scheduled to have his, his session with reporters. Uh, he did not come out for that. Um, as you would expect, but yeah, a lot of a lot of buzz about this situation, obviously, and what and what it could mean. This is a player who's talented enough that he was in discussion for possibly the number one overall pick. And while, of course, that still may be the case, you read his statement; and he believes he'll be exonerated. Obviously, it's the kind of thing that raises red flags in the minds of teams as they evaluate draft prospects. And, and I would think that you know, depending on the team, uh, you'd probably see him sliding down a couple of draft boards. And Graz, are we right? To question why this information came out right before Carter was supposed to, was supposed to speak at the combine. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, like I, you'd have to ask whoever put it out there. I, I don't know. Uh, I think there had been some chatter about him and some off-field concerns. I, Todd McShay, I think, I had mentioned something on our air a while back and uh, said something about character concerns. Uh, I think you know there had been some chatter about this player, Jalen Carter, as somebody who might have had some like I said, non-football red flags. And obviously uh, this is a, a, an illustration of something that would qualify as that. So then Graziano, as much as you know about teams, what's the process look like now for teams that may not have yeah. been aware of this, but now are? Quite frankly, uh, Jason, and, and, and this sounds, you know, I, I just want a disclaimer here, right? Like 
very serious situation in which a life was lost. I, I don't to talk about the football of it. You know, I, I hope people understand we're doing a sports show and, and we're not trying to minimize that. So when I talk in sort of cold terms about this, um, it's not because I'm ignoring that. Uh, that disclaimer having been said, uh, it's team to team, right? It's like a risk assessment situation. Like there might be a team that's comfortable because of his talent level, bringing him on and seeing him as a bargain if he drops you know, beyond where he was originally projected to go. There might be teams that look at it and go, oh, no, we're not, we're staying away from this guy, too much potential trouble. Uh, so I really think it's a matter of how each individual team views the situation and, uh, and what they decide to do about it, because it's not like, you know, there's one centralized draft board and, and now, oh, he was ranked one this morning and now he's moved all the way down to whatever. It's all about who's making the decisions for their own team. Now, Graz, I want to move to the New York football Giants. How do you think the contract negotiations between the Giants, Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley will shake out in the end? Well, they got, what, six days now, so they have to decide on franchise tag. And if, if neither one of those deals is done by next Tuesday at 4 Eastern, uh, they're going to have to use that tag, and I would think they'd use it on Daniel Jones. So their hope would obviously be to get one of them done uh, before then so they don't lose both. Well, their hope would be to get both of them done before then so they don't have to tag them. But... Uh, at least one, because otherwise you run the risk of losing the other one in free agency. So I know they're talking. I know they're both, you know, there have been some expectations discussed in terms of what the players are looking for. And, you know, the deadline is next Tuesday, and a soft deadline at least. So um, there is time for it to move. But as of this point, they don't have deals. Uh, the GM, Joe Shane, I guess he's cautiously optimistic, whatever that means. But I, I, I know for a fact they're, they're active. Um, look, I mean, full disclosure, you know, I'm at the Combine, right? Like, at, at one of the places we were last night, we saw Giants officials talking to members of Daniel Jones' new agency. Like, are they talking about that? Probably. Uh, were they talking about other stuff? Possibly. But this is the place where those discussions start to really happen in earnest. Dan, what, what sort of market is there in your mind? Because we've talked so much about Lamar and if it goes non-exclusive franchise versus exclusive, for example. But for the Giants and Daniel Jones, I, I really haven't heard that conversation as much. If they end up in a non-exclusive franchise situation, are they concerned that other teams are going to try and come in and, and swipe Daniel Jones away from them? For two first-round picks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think that's uh, – I, I, I mean, I don't know that the Giants are concerned about that, but when it's come up in conversations with other teams, I don't get the sense that there's much of a threat of that. I mean, we really don't see it. Uh, and and I, a two-first-round pick is a heavy price. You know, if, if the Ravens non-exclusive tag Lamar Jackson, who's an MVP of the league and, and is, you know, a generational type of unique talent, then maybe somebody thinks about two first-round picks. So Daniel Jones coming up one healthy season, right? He just threw 15 touchdown passes. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a, a significant concern of the Giants or, or that it should be. What's the latest with Derek Carr and the timeline of his decision? He's here. I actually, another, another place where we were last night, I saw him and his agent hanging out, and I guess he's been meeting with teams here. So, you know, I think he – I don't know why he'd be in a hurry. I think he would probably want to see how the Aaron Rodgers situation shakes out before committing somewhere. Um, but I would think, you know, you're two weeks away from other people becoming free agents, like your Jimmy Garoppolo's and Geno Smith's and, you know, quarterback is that ilk. So I, I think he probably wants to get somewhere before he has a lot of competition for his services. Seems like it's starting to crystallize, right? He's talking to the Jets and the Panthers and the Saints, and those feel like the most likely teams. You never know if somebody else jumps in on it. But I would think he would hope within the next week or two to have something settled before the market begins in earnest and he runs the risk of sort of being just another name out there. Is there any wild buzz in Indy around Aaron Rodgers at this point? 
there's a lot of darkness jokes and and, uh, and and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, Brian Gutekunst, their general manager, talked yesterday, and you know, he he sounds different this time. Right? Like he's talking a lot about Jordan Love and how Love is ready and he needs to play and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's a sense I think that you know the tone of it all sounds like maybe they're ready to move on, but you know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we've, we've felt that way before, and he's come back. So you can't really rule anything out. But I do think it might be more realistic than ever that the Packers decide they want to move on from him and, and reset with Jordan Love. The rest of their roster is very young. He's like, why shouldn't the quarterback be too? You guys can follow him on Twitter at Dan Graziano ESPN. Uh, Dan, always appreciates your time, my friend. Have a good time in Indianapolis. Hey, Thanks so much my for the pleasure, insight. guys. Take care. Great stuff from Dan as we get the latest from Indianapolis. Obviously, with every team there and chatter going on, uh, there'll be some real conversations. Uh, One of those conversations is around the giant superstar. We were talking about it last segment. Graziano just talked a little bit about Daniel Jones and what the market is outside of New York. The question is, how much loyalty should exist with NFL players looking for new life-changing deals? We'll explain how it relates to the Giants next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. you do when you have two star players that both need contracts one franchise tag and you've got to sell everybody on the possibility of taking less to stay together it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio the ESPN app Sirius XM channel 80 Harry Douglas Jason Fitz and the Giants are in an interesting situation because it's easy I use this phrase a lot we were talking earlier about southern colloquialisms because I wanted to use a fancy word that I I use one I use a lot is yeah but like it's easy to yeah, but Daniel Jones. Well, yeah, but he's had one healthy season. Yeah, but what? he just hold, got. Hold, hold, get, wait a minute. Southern what? Colloquialisms. Man, what the hell does that mean? Uh, uh, phrases, sayings. You know what? See, every once in a while, I bust out one of them words you know I can't spell. Like what? Like, like, and by the way, if I had to text the word colloquialism to everybody right now, I'm just going to be clear to you. I would just open up the little microphone and say the word, which also <laughs> is alarmingly bad for me. I speak for a living, and then I try and voice text, and all of a sudden I'll be voice texting Harry like, there's a place in Vegas you should really check out. He'll get a text that says, Peter Pan was not all that rocked. I don't know. Like, it never but, says but, but, anything. But bro, you know how some people are scared, like when somebody says a word or something, and they're like, "Oh man," they try to like shy down because they don't know the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn if I don't know the meaning of it. I'm just gonna be like, oh, "What does that mean?" Oh yeah, I used to always tell. Right, remember when you were in elementary school and you used to have to use context clues, like you figure yes. out the rest of the sentence. That's yeah. like when when Sarah and I were working together. The number of times I've been sit there and think like, "Huh, I just learned a new word because I got no idea what that meant until now." <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, but is one of my phrases that I use all the time. So it's like. Sure, Daniel Jones coming off a great year. Yeah, but, I mean, think about the coaching staff. Yeah, but, how successful would he be somewhere else? Yeah, but, he only had this one good year. You can look at Saquon and be like, man, that guy deserves to get paid. Yeah, but, he's a running back. You know, yeah, but, do you really want to want to do that with somebody at his position? So, none of it's easy for the Giants because clearly you just had success with two guys. You had a level of success with two guys that you think maybe you could build around. But now you're at already at that doo-doo or get off the spot, the pot spot where you got to, hard for me to say, where you got to figure out what the value is for two guys that had yeah, but seasons. And I'll say the hard part is, I won't say not the hard part, but when, when you look at the the broader landscape, you want your quarterback to be intact, right? Because what we do know is that you don't stand a damn chance when you don't have a quarterback at all. 
uh, running backs in the way they review, even though I love Saquon, and he was a huge part to what the Giants wanted to do, especially coming into this season, taking a lot of pressure off of Daniel Jones and the run game being the forefront of the offense. You kind of feel like at this moment, Fitz, and I think a lot of people feel like this, that you can find a running back in the draft or a running back in free agency or a running back, you know, to be valuable to your team. And, but not just any running back. It has to be a guy that, you know, can run the football at a very high level in between the tackles and outside zone runs, but also can be a receiver out of the backfield. Well, they have a numer- numerous of those guys coming out into the draft. B. John Robinson. And you also look at the one from Alabama. Oh, Jameer yeah. Gibbs. Uh, you're right. It's another one. Uh, the hard part about it is I think about replacement so much, right? And this does hit me because I think we can all agree I've been squarely on the go get paid, Daniel Jones. You've earned it. You deserve it, Peg. But when I just asked Graziano, you know, is there any rumblings about if they non-exclusive franchised him, would somebody else give up two first-round picks? Graziano repeated the question back to me like I had lost my damn mind. Like you'd walked in and told your your mom that her, you know, her favorite meal was under-seasoned. You know, like that's the, the reaction I get from Graziano when I'm sitting there and I'm saying, well, is there any chatter about using the non-exclusive franchise? And he's like, and giving up two first-round draft picks? No. So you got a quarterback that the rest of the league wouldn't be willing to step up and give two first-round draft picks for, but you're supposed to give $45 bucks to. I think that speaks to how difficult this all is. I think that speaks to why this is not clear-cut, even though usually when you have a quarterback in a franchise deal situation, it's pretty easy to find the solution. I, I can't find the solution, but why should Daniel Jones take anything less than full value? Devin throwing his hand up. Devin, the resident Giants fan on this show. Yeah, so, talk to us, Devin. So I think, wouldn't it be risky? Because if, if DJ doesn't budge off that 45 DJ, million, we're on a DJ basis? Sorry, Daniel okay. Jones, yeah. if he doesn't budge say, off... you don't know him? Like, what are you talking about, <laughs> If dude? he doesn't budge off that $45 million, the Giants will be forced to use the franchise tag on him, and they've already said this. What that does is that's a cap hit for one year, so that limits what you can do to build around him. Plus, that means Saquon Barkley is likely to walk. For a guy like Daniel Jones, who still seems like he needs to continue to prove himself... If he doesn't allow the team to build around him and he only goes thirty-two million, what if he yeah, plays but, bad and then he and then he loses that that maximum? Yeah, but what if he takes less money so that they can waste money on somebody on the next Kenny Galladay? Like the last time that well, they had the opportunity to go out and get now, a weapon. Let's just stop. I don't think that's going to happen again, right? I mean, but I, I'm just saying, like the organization could actually release them. Fitz, they just released different them. ownership. But, but I'm saying the organization in the past. This is like when the Ravens say, "Well, we can't get wide receivers." Well, what was your excuse when when Lamar was on a rookie deal? Like there are plenty of wide receivers. You need weapons. If you if you can pull your head out of your butt in the last three years in the draft, you can find a wide receiver. Yeah, you sure, can. Sure, but the, the, I'm, just, not, I'm not going to argue against that one. <laughs> you can, but like again, it just it, it limits what you can do if with that cap hit on one year as opposed to being it spread out. I well, think the, yeah, I but think why is that Daniel Jones' problem? I think like, it's risky for him because again, if he doesn't play well, then he's his earning potential is it, it, it's cut in half. But there's also the risk that he takes 32 million, comes back. The Giants do what they constantly do; they don't address the weapons well. He's not playing with anything that's better than what he's playing with now. He doesn't play well enough to get another franchise epic tag contract type deal, and then all of a sudden he left 13, 14 million bucks on the table because he wanted to give the organization no, benefit it's, of the doubt that no, they wouldn't screw no, it up. No, no, it's no way in hell that the Giants can go into this offseason and not get Daniel Jones' weapons. When we seen, I mean, like you act like they the, weren't trying. 
But but listen, that was one of the Achilles heels to the Giants team last year. I talked about, and, and it's no shade against, you know, the guys that they had, Richie James and... No, um, it's plenty of shade. The guys were good enough. No, it's no shade against them. <laughs> they're, they they're just aren't as talented as, you know, a number one or a number two guy that that we see a lot of these other teams that were competing have. So was Daniel Jones' contract the reason that they couldn't get him a wide receiver last year? Or the year before? Or the year before? This is the or first, the year this before? Is the first year well, of Joe Shane. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, but I'm just saying that as an organization, they've constantly not gotten him weapons. So why should have, he? Right. So now he gives him a discount? A different GM. It's a different, it's a different unit. You have a there. different head coach. You have a different GM. You have a different mindset. You have a different Daniel Jones. Because if we're going to talk about what the franchise um, hasn't been able to do, let's talk about what Daniel Jones hasn't been able to do. Prior to this past season. At, at this point, I would not trust any organization to go out and spend the money I'm saving them wisely. The, the Most organizations in that situation haven't proven to, themselves to me to get that level of trust. If Let I'm Daniel Jones, this. I want every dime I can get. Do, do you tr- do you trust Brian Dable? Do you trust Kafka? Yeah, 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 sure. Okay, do you think those guys are going to... Get do I trust them weapons. more than other head coaches and offensive coordinators? Do I trust? Uh, do I trust uh, uh, the, their <laughs> offensive coordinator more than Eric Bieniemy? I don't know. Don't you? Don't, don't take it to left field. Don't I'm, take I'm it just left saying, field. like, why, I, do I trust them more than I trust other coordinators? I mean, I trust that staff, but does that mean they're the only staff? We'll keep debating this all off season long. You know that. But it's Celtics All Access on ESPN. We'll see where Boston stacks up in the East next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.